All right. Just quick score update on that game. Still 17-0. Okay. No, 17-2, bro. They got, a, they got a safety. Nice. Hello and welcome back to the Second and Two podcast. I'm your host, TB, with my co-host, producer extraordinaire, uh, unfortunately sad Broncos fan, uh, Russell Wilson honorary like sous chef, maybe? Maybe he's helping Russell Wilson in the kitchen. Master of the grills. I mean, so definitely Russ could use some help in that arena. And uh, everything else, you guys know him. Jody, what's up, Joe? What up, man? I was, you know, as you were describing what our guy Russ Wilson is cooking, I was figuring, what if they all just went to our guy Gordon Ramsay and learned how to cook? Took a trip down to Vegas, you know, hit Hell's Gordon Kitchen. Gordon Ramsay becomes the QB coach that everyone's looking for. He's the new Tom House of QBs. Yeah. <laughs> they got to uh, go get right in uh, Vegas. And make sure they can whip like up some a, food. That'd be like a fun reality show. Which quarterback can actually cook the best? Because you know they all have their own like personal chefs. Yeah, no, who exactly. Can actually, who can actually like whip something up? Like a special edition of like chopped or something where they yeah, got. I, I don't know why, but it just feels like maybe Tua would be really Ooh. good. You know, I think he's he, got that flavor. His, he's got all yeah. the flavor. I think that would be. I don't be know. I think Lamar, moves. dude. I think Lamar could take it too. You, which, I don't know, dude. You think so? Yeah. But you know who's not going to take it? Who's that? Patty Mahomes. <laughs> Mahomes does not cook. cook. No, he could cook no. on the field. I don't know if he no. could cook in, in the kitchen. <laughs> he ain't cooking in that kitchen. No way. <laughs> um, man. Speaking of cooking, Mahomes is cooking right now. The Chiefs are up 17-2 to as we record right now on Sunday Night Football over the Jets, the abysmal Jets right now. So we've got a lot to talk to. This is a jam-packed pod today. Um, Juicer. Yeah, we want to start it out. Quick update on your boy. Uh, we had a bye week this week. Yeah, we, won the bye week. we won the bye <laughs> yeah, week. It was, yeah, it was some good, good reps out there. Good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, we play our first district game next week. It's a big game. Big, big, big game. So uh, opening district play. And these are the games that count in terms of getting to the playoffs. So uh, wish us luck next Friday. Is uh, What's the other team look like? Are they like, what's their record and whatnot? <sighs> they are two and three. Um, okay. We're three and two. They are very similar to us. A lot of athletes um, really like their quarterback. Quarterback's a really good player. I think we can get after them though, uh-huh. and it's gonna. It should be a very good game. I mean, it's the kind of game where if you if you if you win it, you feel really oh, good, good about your chances yeah. of making the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Even though it's only one game, it feels like okay. If you get this win, you feel pretty good about some of the things we have coming up. Um, if you lose, your path's a lot harder. So, um, it's a big big game, even though it's the first one. And I'm sure that bye week definitely helped that. Get get the boys some rest, you know. Get right before getting into the the make the games that matter. Yeah. All right, so let's kick it around the league real quick. Let's go bar for bar here. 
first and foremost, Kenny Pickett got hurt today. Um, mm-hmm. The Steelers are hoping it's just an MCL sprain. They He left in the third quarter, never came back. Obviously, that offense functions better when he's under center, and you would hope that he would come back. The uh, doesn't help that the Steelers' plane got delayed again, second week in a row. Oh, after the game. Yeah, Dang. they just got cleared to 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 leave though about twenty minutes ago. So now they are actually flying back from Houston to Pittsburgh. So uh, prayers up for the uh, Steelers getting home safe, and then Kenny Pickett being evaluated for a knee injury. Let's hope it is just a little MCL sprain, and he'll be okay. Yeah, another dude that got hurt is Justin Herbert in that Raiders game today. He he, I don't know if he hit someone's helmet or what, but his non-throwing hand, he messed up his his middle finger. They had that tape on there, and then they switched it to like a glove, mm-hmm. probably taped yeah. up with it too. Pretty yeah. weird, but very unfortunate. Luckily, it's the non-throwing hand because they need that man out there to, to throw that rock. Yeah, and he gutted it out. I mean, he threw a game-winning laser when they were up seven on third and ten. Yeah, <clears throat> and and he hucked it deep too. He wasn't like just trying to get ten yards. They went vertical and. He put it on the money. Another guy who gutted it out today, Matthew Stafford. Uh, Looks like he injured his hip flexor, but he gutted it out in an overtime win. Said he expects to play next week after the game. Uh, Reporter asked him, you know, do you, what do you think in terms of, are you going to be available? He said, he scoffed at it. (laughs) He said, (laughs) you know, I'm playing. It's kind of like, you know who I am. I'm Matthew Stafford. He's like, did you not see me on the Lions for the Lions? So he's like, I, think, I get my uh, guy back next week. I'm definitely going to be there. <laughs> yeah. So I think, uh, I think he'll be all right um, and, and be playing, but he may, may something to keep an eye on, may have a, a little issue with the hip flexor there. Yeah. Another dude who didn't play today, or I guess he just didn't play, not got injured in the game was Deshaun Watson. He, he didn't play because of a shoulder injury, which let our guy DTR get some reps in over for got the Browns. first start. Yeah. Didn't look great for most of it. Um, he wasn't awful, but DTR, rough day. I mean, it's tough to get your first start against the Ravens. <laughs> yeah, a, a team um, with a great defense, even just yeah. as good offense. And I think, I feel like that one might have been on the road, if I'm not mistaken. On uh, Cleveland was at home. Oh, okay. So that did help, or could have helped, but uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't go great for him. Um, another guy who who uh, did not finish a game today, T. Higgins. Looks like he has fractured ribs. He's probably going to miss a couple weeks. Um, those are no joke, especially if you play receiver or quarterback where you're having to Going stretch or, or throw. Yeah. Like any position where you're doing that, receiver, quarterback, DB, where those ribs are going to be explo- exposed a lot um, and you have to move so much, likely means he's going to miss a few weeks until those things heal up well enough for him to manage that pain. Um, tough day mm-hmm. for the Bengals. All yeah, not, yeah, the gameplay, the, the execution, it was all bad over there. Let's see. Another team, you know, some good news, bad news for this team, the Bears. You know, they're 0-4. They lost that game at the end, let the Broncos get back in there. But the good news, you know, they got the first two picks next year in the draft if it were today. So, I mean, they got they got the, the pick from the Panthers, and then they have yeah. their own pick there as well, so. I saw a uh, quick note on this. I saw PFF mock draft today, uh-huh. and it was, was Caleb it? Williams and Marvin Harrison to the Bears. And I was like, dude, <laughs> if that happened, instantly they'd have to be good, right? I mean, there's no way they wouldn't be good if if, if that's what happens. Um, 
Yeah, the Broncos though they get a dub today. How you feeling? Yeah. Our resident Broncos fan. They're they're they finally got off the schneid. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm glad they pulled it off. You know, I was texting you about it when I I just got off of work, checked the score, and said, "Oh, 21-7 to the Bears," or maybe it was even twenty-eight-seven. I don't know. And I was like, "Bro, I thought this was a sure win for the Broncos. That they were just gonna get right real quick, expose them." But and then I was like, "Now, now it's flipped." I was like, "I don't even know what to expect." Maybe. <laughs> I was like, maybe Hackett wasn't the issue at one point in time today. (laughs) And then so I texted Johnny and Mitch. I was like, bro, what's wrong with the Broncos? At the same time, I'm talking to you. And then the the scripts flipped. The Broncos started scoring. And then the Rams decided to to let the the Colts back in. And I was like, bro, what is going on right now? But they both ended up winning. So, I mean, it all worked out in the end. Wild. And we're going to get to some of that stuff. Um. Just to finish up on that Bears Broncos game, the Bears told Chase Claypool to stay home I've today. Seen that too. <laughs> they didn't. He was not active. They told him to stay home. Their head coach initially said that Claypool had the option. Then someone clarified mm-hmm. that he was told to stay home. All yeah. of it is weird. And now they're looking to trade him. Um, apparently, he's on the trade block officially. The Bears organization feels like the most dysfunctional organization in the league right now. And it doesn't even seem close with all of the things that they've had going on recently. I mean, DC's resigning last FBI apparently raided his home or something. Yeah. Yeah, All of that. I mean, their head coach saying guys have an option to play and now they're, Oh, well they don't. They're telling guys to stay home. Justin Fields looks like, he looks miserable out there. Their offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, is getting crushed in the media. The whole thing, it just – they finally look like they may have something going, and then they blow it, and now they're 0-4. <laughs> the only thing, like you said, that they have good going for them is that they may end up with two top five picks the way this season for them and the Panthers is going. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, Claypool, will they even be able to trade him? I don't know. I mean, they I what, what so. they do, this like a third or a fourth and- for something for him? Well, when it's they the second. From... Yeah, they 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 think they traded a third for him, but yeah. this is the second team in two years that's like completely given up on him, want to trade him. They say they're seeking a fifth or a sixth. I yeah, doubt I a team even gives them that. It seems like his. Yeah, they just gotta let him walk. Whatever his that's the case. His attitude and effort issue is. It's not been solved between the Steelers yeah. and the Bears. Oh, that's for sure. Let's see some more more injury updates. We got Matthew Judon. He tore his bicep in that. Uh, Cowboys game and it was it was sad to see bro like next he was reaching for the tackle and just like fell on his arm and was grabbing yeah. at it towards bicep from what we see so that's tough as well big big piece on that defense for them yeah not sure how much time he'll miss but uh a guy who we unfortunately will know uh do know will miss the rest of the season is Tredavious mm-hmm. White honestly heartbreaking for that guy he's battled injuries you know he had such a good and promising start to his career he was one of the best corners in the league and now he just can't stay healthy it looks like he was he was carted off with a non-contact achilles injury so i mean we're you know not good i mean his season's over so really sad uh they showed picture of him crying on the sideline and uh that just is always it's the worst part of football it's not even mm-hmm. close. The worst part. So, uh, prayers up for Jadavius White. Hope he gets better and uh, recovers quickly. Yeah, I, this was in Buffalo. Yeah, 
Yeah. Just another tally mark for the, the turf. Just taking people. Yeah, you know, um, I, I need to lighten the mood. We had a couple great games today that went to OT. Oh, for sure. The Eagles comeback win against the, the Commanders, huge win in overtime. And then the Rams were winning 23-0 to zero in the middle of the third quarter. Let the Colts come all the way back and tie it before eventually winning the game 29-23 on a walk-off Buka Nakua touchdown in OT. We'll talk about both those games later, but mm-hmm. massive games, big wins for both teams. And mind you, the Eagles and the Rams, both winners in OT today, play each other next week in SoFi. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm... Johnny, I know you're going to be listening. Let me get the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, get my I already guy got the, the time off. I already got Come the time on. off. Let Give me go. The ticks, bro. He's got the time off. <laughs> but uh, speaking of the Eagles, man, today I finally got my duo to, to ball out in our fantasy league that we got between me and you. I got oh. Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown on the squad. And it's about time AJ crazy. Brown looks like like we want him to, you know. Yeah, they went crazy today. AJ Brown was unreal. Yeah, I will say, unfortunately for you, luckily you got all all your the rest of your dudes playing besides Saquon. I think he's back tomorrow. But you got Patty Mahomes still to play, Travis Kelsey and Harrison Bucker. But at the moment, it sits. You got sixty nine. I got one eighty seven. I had two. I had that two highest scores on my team with Christian McCaffrey and AJ Brown. So. We could see what the boys pull out for you tonight in this game and then Saquon tomorrow if he's there. Well, it's currently 17-5 to in that game. The uh, Jets have the ball, so Jets are weathering this early onslaught a little bit and getting themselves back in at eight and a half to go in the second quarter trying to make that thing a game. Unfortunately, I had to play against A.J. Brown in my uh, oh, college fantasy football league. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had he the guy had AJ Brown and Puka Nakua. So, oh yeah, I had Puka on mine. The, and I uh, had T, I I have T Higgins. Oh, yeah, he had like five and or right? Jordan Addison, who was awful today. So uh-huh. all around bad day for your boy in uh, fantasy I, football, which is partly why I stopped playing. But I guess yeah. I got suckered back in this year. Okay, so quick before we flip the script from the fantasy talk. I got an update on our guy who decided to text me last week saying, oh, hey. Oh, yeah. Give us the update. So, before we log on again today, you know, I'm finishing <laughs> up watching my my Munoz Award winner and get a text. Boop. And so, mind you, Johnny and Mitch are texting at the same time. We're talking about possibilities with the Broncos going on over there and then uh, Red, Rival, Red River rivalry. Ooh. And... <clears throat> Boom! I look. It's it says X whatever they titled it. X football player, water boy, something. And so I pick it up. Mind you, like I said, no number saved. But I see eight five eight, which is the dude's area code. And I go. He says, "Hey, so uh, should I just keep the money this year and y'all can figure it out next year, or you guys think you have a chance?" And I was like, "Bro, this dude really thinks his team is that nice. Like, this is crazy, bro. It's literally." Just fantasy. Like, you could relax. I know you're the commissioner. I know you have everyone's bread. But you're talking crazy right now. In week four. <laughs> like, like I get it. You, you think your team is really good. But if he doesn't realize, like, he has 143 today. I just looked at mm-hmm. my team. I got 165. Like, thanks, bro. But you're not the highest scoring team this week. 
You got lucky <laughs> last week that your dude decided to drop 70 on the Broncos again, like I mentioned already. Yeah. And it, it's not going to be that, like, consistent every week. So I, I hope this dude really doesn't win. I hope he gets there and loses to whoever he plays, whoever it may be. I just hope because th- this would break his heart. I could tell. Yeah. It, and so that dude over there, I hope, I hope you, you, uh, you get your wish at winning the year, but I, I hope you don't. There's nine other possibilities waiting to take that dub over you. So I hope that those nine can Sounds figure like, it out. Because uh, this guy is something else. Rival. That's what it not, sounds not like. even a rival. I just think this dude's <laughs> cocky. It's crazy. Like, like, like let, me, let, me, let me put this in perspective. I got our first four weeks between me and you. Look, 129, 118. Those are the scores. 117, 126. You know, very consistent. 140, 129. Still very consistent. And then today, today like I said, two high scores on my team. 187 to 69. You still have three, four dudes playing. But, like... It's not going to, it's the variation in, in scores are there. It's just this dude is crazy. He yeah, thinks he's like the it. hottest thing since sliced bread. Well, you know, that's what happens when you're up, you're up. Um, crazy. So, switching gears, we did want to check in with college football today. It's been a while. We did our yeah, predictions pod. Sure. We want to check in after five weeks and see who we each have in the college football playoff. Quick synopsis mm-hmm. of each team. I'll go first. Number one, I've still got Georgia. They haven't lost a game since 2021. Yeah, that's and crazy. They called it close a couple times. South Carolina gave them a yeah, little last scare week was, early in the year. Scary. And and on the road Auburn. at Auburn was was yeah. tough. They they yeah. really um they really cut it close. They turned it on offensively in the and, second half yeah. and, and got a win, but. It was close. Michigan at two. They haven't played anyone within 25 points all year. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're pretty much dominating every game they play. They've played a relatively soft-ish schedule, though I will point out that all of their non-Power 5 opponents this year, which are UNLV, Bowling Green, and who am I forgetting? Uh, someone else that I'm forgetting right now. All three, though, have beaten a Power 5 opponent. So it's really? not like all mm-hmm. of these non-Power 5s they're playing are the weakest of the weak power, non-Power 5s. They're still non-Power 5s, but, um, yeah. you know, they they played a weakest schedule, but then, again, you know, Rutgers came in 3-0. Michigan smashed them. They went on the road to Nebraska. Their first road game absolutely torched Nebraska. It wasn't even close <laughs> the whole way. Um, next week yeah. they get a little bit tougher test. Minnesota is a is a good football team. That'll be a tougher tougher test in the Big Ten, but uh, they uh, they get to play for the little brown jug next week. Number three, I've got Texas. This is where I uh, initially had Alabama. I now have Texas here. Wasn't sure preseason if I could believe the Texas hype. Yeah, you didn't know if uh, they were back. <laughs> let our let our guy Mitch know. I think they're back. They have played great football on both sides of the ball. Their defensive line is one of the deepest defensive lines in college football right now. They literally have eight guys for four spots, and they all bring something different. Um, Quinn Ewers looks like a completely different player. He shaved the mullet. He lost 20 pounds. All praise to God, bro. He's playing efficient. Yeah. And then lastly, I've got USC. Now, of the four teams, this is the team I believe in the least. There's actually teams I think are better than USC. That's however, how I I'll get into right now. However, I just kind of have a feeling that Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams are good enough to get them there. 
Um, yeah, kind of like the, the Lincoln Riley Oklahoma teams. Good enough to get there and then get smoked in the first round because <laughs> um, their defense isn't quite good enough, but they create turnovers. Yeah. Uh, that's classic Alex Grinch defense. Not great, but they create turnovers. So UGA, Michigan, Texas, USC after five weeks. That's my prediction. Yeah, I will say I have the first three the same. I mean, you could interchange Michigan and Texas. I don't know whose schedule is truly stronger, but, you know. I mean, Texas has Bama on there, so that certainly oh, helps them. So that helps them. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, like I said, those three, Georgia unanimous, you know, Texas, Michigan interchangeable. But I have Oregon at my fourth spot instead of USC and changing them out from the first time we did this. I think, yeah, you mentioned USC's defense. Like, I knew – that was going to be like their issue last week, especially in that Colorado game. And you, you could attest to this. You were there when I, when this was going on, I, that, what, who'd they play two weeks ago? Damn. Texas. No, uh, is that who Colorado played two weeks ago? Uh, Oregon, Oregon. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. They were talking about, we were talking about spreads in that game. I was like, nah, they're, they're running away with it. And then last week when they played USC, I was like, okay, it's the opposite. I believe in their offense being able to score on their defense, even though I think USC is probably more of the the powerhouse in the Pac-12. But for that reason alone, defense, I mean, oh, they're, playing, they're playing more complete ball in Oregon as opposed to USC in my eyes. So that's why I got them in four. And that's completely fair. I mean, right now, if you look at the AP poll, just give you the AP poll top 10. Georgia, uh-huh. Michigan, Texas, Ohio State, Florida State, Penn State, Washington, Oregon, USC, Notre Dame. Um, yeah. So there are two Pac-12 teams ahead of USC in Oregon and Washington, and Washington is uh-huh. playing great They're football nice right now. Too. They almost were the team that was four for me, but I ultimately went with USC. <laughs> um, and then Penn State, Florida State, Ohio State, all lurking right there as well. Um, I kind of have a feeling, though, this year – the conferences are too good and especially the Pac-12 is too good for you to get two teams for one conference. I have a feeling it, it'll be Michigan or Ohio state, you know, it'll Mm -hmm. be UGA. Probably the sec isn't as good this year. It'll be, you know, probably Texas or Florida state, you know, whether it's the big 12 ACC and then one of those Pac-12 teams. I mean, because there's just so many good ones right now. So yeah, feels like the Pac-12 in its last year of existence will make the playoff <laughs> and have its best year probably in a long time, which is ironic. Yeah. Since we did a college football playoff check-in, we figured we would do a quick top three contenders in each conference check-in in the NFL. So transitioning back to the league, who you got, yeah. Jody, as your top three in each conference? So for the NFC, I got the Niners. I mean, we've seen it the past four weeks already. They, they're literally unstoppable on offense. Defensively, they're just as good, if not even better, stopping the opposing teams. Crazy. Eagles, I think they're really battle-tested. I don't know how long they'll be able to maintain their success, but I think they're the next best team coming out the NFC. And then lastly, it pains me to say it, but I think the Cowboys are for real. I do. I think they'll win the Super Bowl if they get there. Uh, probably not, but <laughs> I think they are the third best team coming out the NFC. And then for the AFC, I got Baltimore at one. R- really gritty games, you know, not the prettiest scores. You know, it's like nineteen or whatever. But offensively and defensively, really good. Bills, 
they they moved up on my board from when we did the whole yeah that's for sure the whole big board of who we thought was going to finish where in, in the playoffs bills taking a big leap for me and then the chiefs i mean i the same thing how i feel with the eagles the chiefs had done this year in year out i think they just have to be in this spot but at mm-hmm. the same time, it's like, how how much can they take with all these long seasons? I don't know. So that's the reason I have them at three. But, I mean, you could interchange those dudes all you want, and, and they're all viable. Well, we're really, really similar right now, very close. Um, in the NFC, I also have the 49ers and the Eagles sitting at one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, my third team, though, I have the Lions. I think the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals last week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Put up no, some I, red I flags. <laughs> I know they recovered really nicely against the Patriots today. And I mean, beat them, beat the dog out of them. It was 38 to three. Um, but it just was a good reminder that anytime he wants to, Dak can kind of blow a game for you. Yeah. Um, that's true. Which I'm not saying that game was all on him. He just, the interception he threw at the time and positioning on the field that he threw <laughs> really hurt them. Yeah. Um, and I, and I just like the way Jared Goff is playing right now, and that, that Lions football team looks like a complete team. So I've got yeah, the 49ers, yeah, sure. the Eagles, and the Lions with the Cowboys lurking. Um, in the AFC, I have the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Bills um, with the Dolphins and the Browns lurking. Uh, both the mm-hmm. Dolphins and Browns lost critical football games in the division to the division rivals, Ravens and Bills. Those were the marquee games of the day and actually yeah. both turned out to be dominating wins for the Ravens yeah, and Bills. Opposing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the AFC is going to be interesting no matter what, but I, I do think I like those three teams. It's the three best quarterbacks in the AFC right now, you know, Tua um, being right there. I mean, arguably Tua has been the best quarterback in the league this True. year, but uh, those Four at the very least between Lamar, Patty Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Tua. Those those four have been the best quarterbacks maybe in the league this year, and yeah. uh, not just AFC. So I like those games. And then the Browns, you know, maybe get a small pass because they didn't have Deshaun today. So. Yeah, I mean that defense is still really good. Granted, you know, not having your starting quarterback to take you out there and score some points for you is tough. But I mean, they did the best they could today. But speaking of the quarterbacks that you just mentioned, where do you rank these dudes? I know you, you you teased it last week. We got the QB tiers. And is it still the same ones that we're used to, or did you change the names on there a little bit? Oh, we'll go live right now. All right. Um, can we all see this? Yeah, yeah, we're here. All right, got great. It. All right, so um, for those of you who have been following us for a little while, or at least since the off season you know that I have a very, very strict QB tier system. And it goes like this. You have the A++ list uh, tier, (laughs) which is your Leonardo DiCaprio types, which means that if this quarterback was starring in a movie, that movie is going to hit at the box office because it's Leo. What Leo DiCaprio movie has flopped? They don't. They just don't. He's unbelievable, and these guys are also unbelievable, which means if they're the quarterback of your team, you have a shot at winning the Super Bowl every year. Um, The next tier is the elite tier. That's Matt Damon. You're talking about mostly great movies, maybe some good ones, but whatever role he's in, he shines, right? He's Mm -hmm. always great. He could be a supporting actor. He could be the best actor. Um, But no matter what, his movies do well. 
That's the elite tier. Okay. And then you've got the high variance tier. That's the Adam Sandler tier. <laughs> you've got your uncut gems, your, um, you know, uh, Big Daddy, your Billy Madison's, just your classics, just unbelievable hits. But then you also have your movies that just aren't Jack very and Jill. good. Jack and Jill, um, Pixels, uh, whatever. Some of those movies that just Adam Sandler did, they're not his best. You know, they're not great. <laughs> and these are these high variance quarterbacks that sometimes when they're great, you could talk yourself into this guy being top five. But when they're not so great, you could be like, man, we really lost the game because of this guy today. He played terrible, right? Yeah. Then you get to your starters with question tier. That's your Nicolas Cage who has made kind of a comeback recently, um, which is interesting because there's a guy in that tier who's made kind of a comeback right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Looking at him. And that's, uh, that's just our starters with one big question, right? Nicolas Cage had a long run great movies, but he was kind of a one trick pony. And we always had that like question of like, could he do something else besides the movies he did really well? Yeah. And uh, then you get to the youthful tier. That's the Tom Holland tier where this person's career could go either way. They're a star right now because they're young, but we'll see where their career takes them. And Tom Holland's had a couple, uh, taken a couple L's recently. So, you know, these young guys, they take some wins, they take some L's. They're not really you know, the youthful tier is kind of guys who are almost unranked at this point because you, you don't have enough to really no rank film. them. Yeah. But you kind of, you, you know, you can look at them and say, we can rank these guys within their own tier. And then there's just the B-listers, you know, the, the Leto tier. Like these guys are just better as backup quarterbacks, just like Jared Leto is better as a supporting actor. Not a star, right? Yeah. All right. I get that. So now that we've explained the tiers let's go through them one by one. We're going to give you a quick blurb on each guy and why they're ranked where they are. Number one, A++ list here, DiCaprio, Patrick Mahomes. It's, I don't even need to say much here. He's just undisputed number one, two Super Bowl, two-time Super Bowl champion. This is where he was in the offseason. This is where he stays. Yeah. Number two, Josh Allen. He takes one step up. He was ranked three in the offseason. He's ranked okay. two, and this is why. He turns the ball over more than the guy above him, but he still has so much talent that his ceiling yeah. is higher than anyone. And you saw it today. Like, he absolutely carved up the Dolphins. He went 320 yards, four touchdowns, no turnovers. He was a dog today when they needed him to be. That's why he's up to number two. Now, the last of our A++ listers, and he's hanging on by a thread right now, and that's Joe Burrow. Now, he moved down yeah. one one spot from the offseason, but he stays in this tier. His ability to win on Monday Night Football despite the calf injury, inability to move, that just shows why he's the so toughness. great. I mean – the turnaround today against the Titans was brutal. They only scored three points. His yeah. calf, you can tell, is just really limiting his mobility, which is not necessarily a huge part of his game. But you think about like the, the great ones like Brady and, and Manning who could move within the pocket. Burrow is struggling with that part, which he's normally very good at. Um, I would still say he's one of the most feared quarterbacks in the league. He's a surgeon against zone defenses. He finds his matchups against you know with those three receivers against man defenses. He's still right now the third best quarterback in the league but i would say there are some guys just below him right now that are looking to jump him we move down to the next tier the elite tier the matt damon tier and right now this guy is arguably playing like better than any other quarterback in the league he had a little bit of a rougher day today but Tua Tagovailoa, one of my highest risers in the tiers from the offseason to now he's moved up six spots from number 10 to number four he currently okay. leads the NFL in passing yards with 1,300 yards um, or over 1,300 yards. He has one of the best touchdown to interception ratios at 9 to 3. He's considered by many as the front runner for the MVP. 
He's elite talent around him, an elite play caller, and that helps. But we finally saw the Bills humble the Dolphins today. But I would mm-hmm. say that Tua True. is still elite right now, and uh, I would take him as the fourth best guy. Okay. Next, I've got Lamar Jackson, who moved up one in our tier rankings. It helped a lot of these guys that uh, Aaron Rodgers is injured. He therefore dropped True. out entirely. So a lot of these guys kind of moved up a little bit by default here or there. But um, Lamar Jackson, he's up one. He's looked increasingly comfortable in their new offense. He's very efficient and smart against an awesome Browns defense today. He scored all four Ravens touchdowns, two rushing, two passing. Um, he completed 79% of his passes. He's been whatever the Ravens hey. have asked him to be so far this year. He's been very, very, very good. He's a lot more surgical than he was um, younger, you know, when he was earlier in his career. I feel um, like Next, at the sixth spot, Justin Herbert moves up one spot from the offseason. He continues to make spectacular plays in losses, and the Chargers tried to make today a loss, but they did rebound <laughs> after the last couple of weeks. Um, they were able to win two games in a row and get back to 500. You know, he, um, he was outdueled by Tua in week one. He was outdueled by Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs. He needs to win a high-profile matchup against another one of these quarterbacks, i.e. Patrick Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm. He needs to True. win a game like that. He's an incredible talent, but the thing holding him back from being even higher on this list is being able to lift his team to more wins, especially in higher-profile games. It's not enough to beat the Aiden O'Connells and the Kirk Cousins of the world. He yeah. needs to start beating the Tuas and the Josh Allens and the Patrick Mahomes and getting some playoff wins if he wants to rank any higher than sixth. Next. Jalen Hurts, this guy's actually dropped down three spots for me. He dropped down a whole tier. I had him in that A++ list here in the offseason. Right uh-huh. now, he's gotten off to a bit of a slow start this year. You know, he's down three spots to the seven spot right now for me. He started off at four in the offseason. Okay. But he did have a great week four in the overtime win over the Commanders. Threw for 300 yards for the first time this year. Added two passing touchdowns. Um, yeah. Is he just hasn't looked as clean this year. And uh, it, the talent around him is m- remarkable. The team around him is obviously ready to win. True. I would not be surprised if he jumps back into the top tier by the end of the season. But his play right now hasn't been quite good enough to put him up there. So I've dropped him down a little bit. That makes um, sense. At the eight spot, have Matthew Stafford. This is where I had him in the offseason. He was not a guy many people had in their top ten anymore. Um, but I did in the offseason. And yes, I am a Rams fan, but I'm going to tell you that <laughs> is not why. It's because you could see what held him back last year. Their O-line was hurt. It was awful, which meant he had no time to go through his progressions. He had to force the ball out quick, mostly to Cooper Cup. Um, he was just never healthy, and it all that showed. It just showed. And he was a little older, and he just didn't have the same spryness. He played a full season all the way through the Super Bowl the year before. He just was, It was never right. Now... He's back. Even without Cooper Cup in the lineup, he's been very good. He's second in yeah. the NFL in passing yards. He's made Puka Nakua look like an all-pro <laughs> while also re- revitalizing the career of Tutu Atwell, who looked like a bust at one time. Yeah, um, last year he wasn't looking good. Today, he led a masterful overtime drive, touchdown drive, to win on a walk-off in Indianapolis despite picking up a nagging hip, injury, hip flexor injury we mentioned earlier. You know, that, that injury at one point had him literally falling down without any, anyone touching him. You weren't sure if he was going to be able to work through it, and then he did, and they win the game. He <laughs> led a master class drive. All right, next, we've got Trevor Lawrence at nine. 
the last of the elite tier guys. These top nine are the only guys right now that I would call elite in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence is the last one for this reason. He hasn't taken the leap that I think a lot of people ex- uh, expected, but he's secretly still been really good. He just hasn't played his best ball, but he's still top 10 in passing yards and interceptions. His touchdown numbers will go up as they get more efficient in the red zone and mm-hmm. as he gets more comfortable with Calvin Ridley. Um, yeah. I think he's going to get better as the year goes, just like he did last year, by the way. So that's my last elite guy. Now, the Adam Sandler high variance tier, a lot of these guys are actually playing pretty well right now, but you know that at any moment it could get kind of bad, <laughs> right? It could. But um, Jared Goff, another guy who's been a high riser for me, he's up five spots all the way to number 10. He's sixth in the NFL in passing rides. He just led the Lions to a commanding win over the Packers in Green Bay. Um, That trade has really worked runners for for the Lions. Goff's been better than advertised. They've used the picks to build up the rest of their roster. He plays confident. He looks consistent. The O-line keeps him clean, which doesn't allow the sort of turnover-happy version of him to make many appearances these days. He at one time led the league in most attempts without an interception. Um, So... Jared Goff playing good football. He's up to 10. Number 11, Kirk Cousins. He was in the same spot in the offseason. He's kind of the good stats, bad team guy right now. Um, mm-hmm. He leads the NFL in passing touchdowns. He's third in passing yards. He's six in QB rating, but his team is one and three. And he does throw some costly interceptions like a pick six he threw today. However, his team did, he did help his team win um, to get to that one and three record. Um, it feels like if you could ever just put Kirk in an unbelievable situation like maybe the 49ers uh-huh. that you could win Ooh, with Kirk Cousins nice. as your shoot as as your quarterback I think you could I think he's still one of those guys you could win a Super Bowl with he's just not the guy that will take you there he'll be the guy that helps you get there because you have everything around him and right uh-huh. now their defense is not good enough they don't have a good enough offensive line they're really missing that dynamic playmaker at running back with no Dalvin Cook Justin Jefferson's been good. Jordan Addison's been good. He wasn't today, but for the most part, those guys have been good. He needs more help. Um, Next, I've got Dak Prescott sitting at 12, uh, at the 12 spot here. He's down two spots from the offseason. You know, he's been himself through four games. He threw a costly INT against the Cardinals, but he did bounce back versus the Patriots. Um, He continues to be good enough for for that team to win big with. Um, but he's not an elite in the way that he can completely elevate a team around him consistently, very much like Goff and Cousins, the other guys in this tier. They're guys that you can definitely win a Super Bowl with, but are they going to elevate the guys around you? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, next, at 13, I've got Geno Smith, who also was sitting in the 13-hole spot um, in the offseason. You know, He's just steadily very good. He's thrown for 736 yards so far through three games, um, pending the Monday Night Football game tomorrow. But he's he's been very good for Seattle. They've they've actually gotten really lucky with him. At 14, I've got Deshaun Watson, same spot he sat in the offseason. He missed today, but he just is starting to look closer to the version of himself that was in Houston. He's finally kind of getting back there, and he may take a leap here if that continues. Um, at 15, I've got Derek or uh, Brock Purdy, another one of the risers. He rose up five spots since the offseason. Made it out the tier below. Yeah, he, he was a starter with question marks. He's now got enough tape and enough good tape that I would say he's in that high variance tier. He looks at home in the Niners offense. His playmaking off script elevates their offense. 
he gets the ball to the playmakers in space, and he still has not lost a game as a starter. So yeah, um, crazy. <laughs> the question marks, you know, the reason I'm not putting him in that elite tier quite yet is he's just got such an unbelievable makeup around him, and there's still some throws that I see. He should have thrown about four different picks this year. That that dude's dropped. So that's the one thing that I still kind of have the – it kind of feels like he's this exact guy where you put the right team around him, you can definitely win big with him. Um, and that's what he's got right now. So I think the team around him helps him a lot. Um, next, we've got Derek Carr at the 16th spot. As I said last week, I went on my rant. He is the definition of mid. He's actually the very most midpoint quarterback <laughs> in the entire NFL at 16. Yeah. I did not do this on purpose. It just sort of happened. Um, he played through a painful injury today. He didn't look great, but he did look very good through two and a half weeks before he got hurt. He had the tra- the Saints on track to go to 3-0. Now they're 2-2, two and two, and we're going to have to see how he responds after another week to rest that AC joint. Um, Russell Wilson, down just one spot. Not a lot of movement here, but he's about what I thought he'd be. He's much better under Sean Payton. He's thrown for 1,000-plus yards already, nine touchdowns, two picks. He's actually been much better secretly than he was the year before yeah, last year he was a dumpster fire at quarterback it was not good i know a lot of people were making fun of the broncos right now and specifically him because he's russell wilson but he actually has not been the reason they are losing um and he was that a big defense. reason why they yes he's a big reason why they won today so good for him um we're now into the starter with question marks tier our nicholas cage tier so at the 18 spot jordan love uh, he's moved up five since you know he was in my Holland youthful tier. He's now yeah. proven himself enough that I moved him up into the next tier. Been good enough to win close games, but he's also not been quite good enough to elevate his team right now. I think you know his comeback win in week three was just as impressive as the losses to the Falcons and Lions were disappointing. Um, his big question is whether or not he's got enough of the risk-taking ability that separates the good from the elite. And right mm-hmm. now he's making the good throws, but he's not making the elite throws. Now we watched that throw against the Saints on the third down breakdown last week. That throw was elite. But <laughs> how many, you know, is he making it consistently? Not quite yet. And so that's the question with him. Next, we have Kenny Pickett. He's up two spots from the offseason, but he's been good enough to stay out of the youthful tier. But he's not so good that I don't have questions like, what does he look like outside of Matt Canada's offense? And again, is it Kenny Pickett or Matt Canada? I guess we'll stick around to find out. At the 20 spot, I've got Daniel Jones. He's up two spots from the offseason as well. Um, His legs get him out of trouble a lot. He's okay. He's not great. Definitely shouldn't be getting $40 million per year would be my... Yeah, I can agree with that. And then the highest riser of all the guys on the list right now. (laughs) He's up... 12 or 11 spots. Baker Mayfield. All right. <laughs> Has anyone ever had a career like Baker Mayfield's? I don't think so. I was still in a capital S T I L L a believer going into last season, but his struggles last year finally made me give up. Even yeah. when he became a Ram, I was like, great, you know, Baker, and he did some Well, then you the get there, and he's got there that was 50 enough. point dove on the Broncos. Like, yeah, it was there, all wild. There was still enough of the up and down, though, that it was kind of like, yeah. yeah, Baker's probably not it, right? 
And of course, though, as soon as I give up, he is back. I had him ranked in the 30 spot in the offseason. He's all the way up to 21. Or I think I had him ranked in the in the 32 spot, and he's all the way up into 21 now. Um, he has the Bucks sitting at three and one, a team that mm-hmm. I thought might win three games all year. Yeah. Um, with 882 passing yards, seven touchdowns, only two picks. That's a big deal for him. He's had full command of the Bucks. Oh, he's played very well so far. All right. We're now in the youthful tier. These guys, I guess you could say they're ranked, you know, 22 through 25 or 26, but they're not really ranked. They're more like unranked, right? They're the youthful yeah, yeah. Tom Holland tier. There's not enough. Four weeks is not enough to make a true, you know, evaluation of these guys. However, CJ Stroud is fourth in the entire league in passing yards. He's balling. He's seventh in completions. He still has not thrown an interception in four weeks. I almost put him up in up my little. tiers. I almost put him up there, but I can't. Texans are looking nice, bro. I'm just yeah, saying now. I I couldn't justify it quite yet though because it's small sample size. But if he keeps playing like this, he's definitely going to be on the rise in my next tier rankings. Um, Anthony Richardson, he's another one. You know, he's only mm. played three games, but he's been very impressive. He's been very productive both as a passer and a runner. Um, he's more accurate than Cam Newton was this early in his career, but he still has the same athletic profile. He's just as dominant as a runner. Um, I think he has a chance to jump as well. He's a guy who I really like. Obviously, get to watch him up close and personal against the Rams today. He played very well. Um, yeah. Next, I've got Bryce Young. He's been beat up a lot so far, which makes me a little nervous for the rest of his career moving forward. Despite the absolute talent he has, it's been a rough year so far with the Panthers at 0-4. Um, Sam Howell. The young QB, he's taken sacks at a historic rate. Right now he'd be on pace to break the record for most sacks taken by a quarterback in a season. Um, But he's been the most promising quarterback to come through Washington since Kirk Cousins. So it's a big deal. He's looked really good. He makes some great throws. He does. He flashes. Um, Desmond Ritter. So far he's he's not shown the consistency we needed to see from a starter. Um, he's probably the young guy I feel the least good about after his performances through the first four weeks, at least the least good in terms of these Holland tier guys. Yeah, um, that makes sense. We are now into the bottom of the barrel, as they say. These uh, six guys are all in my B-listers, which means I think they'd all be better off as backup quarterbacks. Number one, Ryan Tannehill. He plays well when the Titans can run the ball and they can play defense. Yeah. He's the definition of a game manager but the Titans have drafted his replacement in back-to-back years. So, and that's for a reason, and good reason. Looked good today, of course, speeding up on the Bengals, but again, they could run the ball and they played great defense. He didn't really have to do much. Um, Jimmy G. Uh, the three INTs against the Steelers just kind of solidified. He just isn't a starting quarterback anymore. Like, not one you can consistently win with at this point in his career. The Niners let him go for a reason. Josh Dobbs, you know, he wasn't ranked in the offseason because he wasn't a starter going into the year. He's no one's idea of a long-term starter, but he has done very well for the Cardinals this year. They've been competitive in almost every game. Um, His ability to to run has helped keep them on the field at times. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's been a player I liked. He's proven it. You know, I've always liked him. Um, He's proving his worth as probably what would be one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. No doubt. I'm on the Josh Dobbs train, to be honest. I know, I know. Like you said, he's not expected to to be a starter much longer anywhere, really, besides where he's at. But 
I think he's really good and deserves to be in the league. For sure. For sure. Okay. The next two guys are my biggest fallers since the offseason. Mac Jones. He's down eight um, spots from where he was in the offseason. I gave him a lot of the benefit of the doubt for last year. He had a good rookie year. He was awful last year. I said, hey, you know what? He didn't have a real offensive coordinator, so let's give him the benefit of the doubt here, right? He's been just as bad, even with a real offensive coordinator this year. He had three more turnovers against the Cowboys on Sunday. He had a pick six, a fumble six in his own territory, another pick. Um, He was benched eventually. It just doesn't feel like the 2021 draft class will turn out as advertised outside of Trevor Lawrence. Basically, everyone else in that draft class which, by the way, spoiler alert, the next two guys I'm going to talk about are part of that draft class as well. Trey Lance <laughs> is even on the tiers because he's True. never been he's a, a real starter. Um, you know, these guys, they're just not working out. Justin Fields, he's down 12 spots, my biggest faller. He and Baker Mayfield essentially flipped. Um, either the Bears organization is an absolute dumpster fire, as we talked about, or Fields just isn't the guy we hoped for. Or more likely, both. Zach Wilson, <laughs> he's not very good, and it's probably not time to accept he just doesn't have it. And that's where we're at with all these guys. Um, and that, my friend, has been this year's very uh, version of the so QB the first tiers. Quarter. The first quarter QB tiers. We will be back. I think we're gonna go. I mean, it used to be that you know it was real clean. We had 16 weeks. You could go every four. With the 17 weeks, it kind of makes it murky where the quarters actually are. So four weeks, we're calling it a quarter. We'll probably do our next rankings around week nine. Nine, yeah, I'm assuming. I will say, can if you don't mind, can you bring it back up real quick just so I could get where I felt we differentiated a little bit? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know off top, though, Joe Burrow, I mean, that's kind of a knock on him being injured, but... I think he should be in the one below. He still has all that great talent. We've seen it versus the Rams, like you mentioned. But I do think in terms of the first four weeks, he should be in that Damon tier. Maybe swap him and Tua, I think, would probably be my my one suggestion there. If we were going four-week sample size and not taking into account the rest of their careers and everything that they've done, you're probably right. Uh, Let's see. Who else was I looking at? I was thinking... Trevor Lawrence, I think, in terms of the four weeks, probably. I mean, I like him being at the end of that tier, but maybe swap him and Goff, I think, or put him in the tier below in front of Goff, one of those two options. And then outside of that, I think probably Brock Purdy, move him up in his tier somewhere. At least, maybe at least in front of Geno. Maybe Dak even in terms of them being undefeated. But it'll be I interesting think... to see Purdy against that Cowboys defense next week. That's yeah. gonna be a real test. And we'll we'll find out, I think, a lot more about Purdy than any other week, you know, that he's gotten to play. Yeah, no, no, no. It'll be it'll be somewhat similar to what we could have seen in the... or wait, did they play them last year in the playoffs actually? They did. I say that? Yeah, okay. They did, but that Cowboys defense was not quite as good last year as they are yeah. right now, I would no, say. Yeah. And then outside of that, I think maybe Ritter in the tier below. 
I don't know. Maybe it is like you said, we don't have enough film on him really. So, I mean, he's but... only played what six NFL games now. I gotta yeah. I gotta give him a little bit more. <laughs> a little bit more. Give him, give him I, a more I'm, of a fighting chance. I'm almost there right now with him. He he did not look good today at all. Yeah, I was gonna say the I feel like they're just stuck in some old school football running the ball, or they're just gonna do a bunch of dumps and hope Bijan can go make highlights for days because he's he's incredible to watch, but I, I, I don't think their offense is sustainable in what they've been doing. Yeah, no doubt. But yeah, that's probably about it for me Those with those ones. All right, well, um, all of you out there in listener land, feel free to comment. Tell me what I messed up. Tell me what, I, <laughs> you know, where, where your quarterback should actually be. Um, I'm sure all of you will tell me that so-and-so should be higher. Somehow every guy on the list should be higher. Um, <laughs> But go ahead, give me all the feedback. We always welcome it. It's on to awards, my friend. Awards yes, for week four. Week four. Let's go. We all made right, it. we got the first award, baby. Tuka Gamer of the Week Award. And who more fitting to get the Tuka Award <laughs> than Tuka? In week four? Tuka in week four with a game-winning touchdown drive. The yeah. walk-off dub, nine catches, 163 yards, and his first touchdown ever in the mm-hmm. NFL, a walk-off. Walk it off, Rams dub, Puka Nakua, the Tuqua Gamer of the Week Award for Week 4. Yeah. He should be – that's Rookie of the Month Award, no matter where it is. You know? Big that'd fact. Be crazy. But <laughs> flip side for me, uh, same division. I'm catching in the same division, actually. We're going Christian McCaffrey. I- I'm pretty sure I probably had him here before already. But today, the guy was incredible. He went 20 carries, 106 yards, three touchdowns, seven catches, 71 yards, another touchdown. My dude, I think he was one touchdown away from tying the most in a game for one dude. And the guy, I literally think, I was going to text you earlier and be like, I think this guy's the GOAT of running backs at this point, honestly. he's He's done it with the Panthers before, you know. And now he's here in, in San Fran just lighting up the sky like crazy. I really do think this dude's at least on the Mount Rushmore of running backs. And Big he's still compliments. playing. Big yeah. compliments there, my friend. Um, no. That would be interesting to look at where he stands on the greatest running backs of all time. I think he's got a lot more career left to do some some stuff. I don't know if he's – I don't know if he's there yet. I don't know if he's even top ten. I'd have to look he's at got- the list. But he's having a he's having a now I will say he's on pace to have one of the best years a running back has had. So I think the only thing that it's the it's the classic like Bell back versus what we're seeing now, like a hybrid dude, which kind of ties in to what I have a question for in the next week we get to. But the second award we got the classic, the Jody Dog of the Week. <laughs> So this week, I think it was clear this guy, you know, he shined in his game. He, he returned from being injured. Definitely, you could tell the this team was missing him. We went with, or I went with, David Montgomery from the Lions. 32 carries, 121 yards, three touchdowns, and then two catches, 20 yards. I mean, I, I think it was evident. We seen without him, they were struggling. He comes back. He but Not only does he ball, but they destroyed the Packers. And... With Jameer Gibbs, they just like they weren't as they weren't firing all cylinders like they had did this past week. 
with his return. So I do think that is also a key factor as to why he was on this award. But then the, the output that he also had was just crazy. No question. Um, you know, they, they're getting their money's worth for what they paid in, in uh, yeah. free agency for David Montgomery. Um, the next award, the minor setback for the major comeback. Last week, we talked about this award possibly being cursed. However, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, the Ravens did bounce back today. And mm-hmm. Josh or uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars finally bounced back. <laughs> the, the London Bengals, The Bengals, I guess, bounced back last week against the Rams. Um, so I guess it's not cursed anymore is what we're going to say. Uh, but I'm just going to put it out there. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, they broke the curse. Um, but today's minor setback, major comeback, it's pretty obvious to us. He's been wrecking the league. I mean, but it was going to happen eventually that one defense was going to kind of have some counters. And Mike McDaniels, they'll scheme stuff up. They'll be better the next week. Tua's way too good. Mike McDaniels, way too good. Tyreek Hill's way too good for them to just all of a sudden tank. They had a rough day. They'll be much better next week as they bounce back. They have a favorable stretch a little bit there against the Giants and the Panthers before they get a big, 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 big game in a couple weeks against the Eagles. They'll bounce back. That'll be fun to watch. That's a that's a big looking forward to playoffs type game. So that'll be nice. But the, coming up next, no cap hats off is what yeah, you're about to say. Yeah, yeah. The no I thought you were going to continue off. with Tua, so I was like, oh, I should let him let him speak before we get there. Yeah. No, what no. you what you see today that was uh, shocking to you? Unbelievable. There was a couple couple things, couple couple ones. I mean, the Aiden O'Connell throwing a fourth down laser to set up first and goal and then instantly throwing an interception the other way was really (laughs) tough. That was pretty like crazy. And then Herbert sealing the game on just a bomb on third and 10, but he throws it like a 30 yard shot play. Yeah. um, Was also pretty crazy. However, the no cap hats off play of the week. It's actually Derrick Henry throwing his second career touchdown pass. (laughs) They brought Jeffrey Simmons, their defensive tackle out there. They shifted Ryan Tannehill out. Simmons oh, was on the hip. They look like King Henry's going to run it in Wildcat style and then, boop, dumped it over the top for a touchdown. His second touchdown pass of his career. He's now five for six for 23 yards passing in his career. That's crazy. My man's only got one incompletion, and it's all probably off the Wildcat. I think it might have been last year, maybe two years ago. I remember they went to just strictly Wildcat for a little bit in one game just because mm-hmm. they were out with some uh, QB injuries. But next thing we got, speaking of our guy Simmons being on in on that play, we got the Strahan Munoz Award. Oh, I didn't even write my guy down. But for me, I got the Munoz side of the things this week. I went with George Fant out of the Texans game. He, to my knowledge that I learned watching that game, he was actually a backup replacing the right tackle. So mm-hmm. very impressive. I thought he was doing good already. The whole already, Texans but... O-line, like they were really beat up. They're playing TJ Watt and the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's what I was about to get into. He So he was predominantly guarding him being on the right side. And he only allowed him to have one tackle. He assisted on two, which is kind of wild being that's like who I think is probably one of the best DNs in the league. And then he there was a total of three tackles he gave up, but two of them were just reads for the, the DN. So like he was crashing down and they just pulled right behind his back and made the tackle like. It wasn't schemed up for him to guard that dude initially, so I give him a pass on those ones. So all around great game from the guy, especially being a backup, which I had no clue about until they said it. 
Yeah. The the Strahan winner this week. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just gonna be yeah, like nearly record setting day. Um yeah. Khalil Mack playing against his former team. This man had ten total tackles. Okay. Eight of them were solo. He had five TFLs. He had one pass disruption, four quarterback hits, and <laughs> six. <laughs> six, six right there. Sacks. Six sacks against the Raiders. Um, if for any of you wondering, the single game record is seven set by Derek yeah. Thomas, the Pro Bowl pass rusher for the Chiefs. But Khalil Mack almost tied that guy. He had six living in the That's Raiders insane. nightmares right now. Yeah. Six sacks of Aiden O'Connell. That it was just I mean, just every time the Chargers needed a big play on defense, it felt like Khalil Mack got a sack. Impressive. Yeah. We'll see more of Aiden O'Connell coming up here soon with me because in the Who's Cooking Award this week, I went with him. And unfortunately, he his numbers don't sound too bad. It's the, the turnovers where it gets him. So he went 24 for 39 with 238. Not bad. No tutties, you know, tough. But that means they were doing it on the run game, which that Chargers run game is meh for their defense. <laughs> but... The guy, unfortunately, hit through one pick and then had two fumbles in the game. And it was, it, I felt like this dude was eating popcorn at halftime because every time <laughs> he dropped back, the ball was on the floor and everyone's jumping on it. Like, I mean, I'm sure Khalil Mack was making plenty of those. I, I couldn't tell you who was on which ones. But, yeah, every time he dropped back, they were slapping his arm, ball on the ground. It was crazy. So I know I know the dude, it's a, his first start. So, I mean, I can't knock a guy like that. But... In terms of the award, uh, he he seemed most fit for me. So, uh, speaking of who's cooking right now, just give you a quick scores update. Zach Wilson is cooking oh. right now. He's got the he's got the Jets in the red zone, down twenty to twelve. It's a one score game in the third quarter. Zach Wilson's got him driving. Just found Garrett Wilson at the ten yard line. The Jets have third and eight right now. This is a Second and two podcasts. First, I'm just going to play by play the game for you. Ooh, let's hear it. Zach Wilson to the end zone. Touchdown, Alan Lazard. Ooh. Oh, and the Jets are making it a ball game. We're going to have to get off this podcast to go watch it. <laughs> All right. And back to the who's cooking. It's not actually Zach Wilson who is my award winner for who's cooking right now. Um, although he is playing his best ball, and maybe he's going to get me to move him out of last place in my QB tiers the next time we go. Ooh. Probably not. But – uh, the you quarterback who is cooking, the rookie QB who is cooking today. You talked about the Texans O-line. They gave yep. this guy all kinds of time. C.J. Sure. Shroud was impressive. He threw for 306 yards, two touchdowns. He led this young team to an impressive 30-6 to onslaught against the Steelers today. This gets the Texans to 2-2. Two and two. And we said at 0-2 they were a team that we liked. We liked mm-hmm. him even and though they were 0 good. 2. They're looking really we said fun. There was stuff to look for, right? Um, and uh, so we'll, you know, we'll keep looking at it. Um, it appears the Jets are going to go for two, by the way. I'll keep you updated oh, on whether or not okay. they get it. That also ties into the question I wanted to ask you, actually. <laughs> but the next award we got on the docket, as always, your favorite right here the Boo Boo Evans Award. And this week, <laughs> it, it was only fitting. I was looking, I was looking at stats, seeing who I could place here, and I saw this one firsthand. My guy Mac Jones from the Patriots went twelve for twenty-one, one fifty yards, 
but he threw two picks, had a fumble, and ended up getting benched in the game for a guy, Bailey Zappi. Yep. And he, was he playing the Cowboys? Yeah, sure. That's tough. But if you're getting benched in the middle of the game, it's not looking too good for you in that certain week. Oh, dude, Zach Wilson is cooking. My man just ran a two-point in himself. And he, it was not an easy run either. 20 to 20 with 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. We got ourselves a ball game, people. Sunday night football. Let's go. Sounds good. Well, speaking of him moving the chains with his legs and doing all sorts of other things, we got the turnover on downs coming up. With first down, we got your trend of the week that you've seen. And what do you have in store for us today? Oh, I've got something good, Joe. You know I've got something good. All right. So... Um, here's what we've got. Our first down trends that I'm seeing. Okay, so I talked about the trend in motions. A lot of in to out motion, quick motion from a lot of teams in the NFL, but specifically the Dolphins are making it popular. They love doing this yeah. thing where they hide Tyreek off the tackles, but then yeah, he sits crazy. down and then, right motions, then he motions wide, right? And they're doing this out of a lot of 21 personnel. Tight end here, two backs in the backfield. They've got Tyreek Hill and Chosen Anderson out there. And so when they do this motion, they've done a lot of different stuff off of it. We've seen it distract to run screens. We've seen it distract to run power run game, right? All kinds of stuff. So you're going to see when Tyreek motions and they're going to try and set up a play action screen to Devin A-Chain in the flat over here, Jadavius mm-hmm. White is going to just trigger on the motion. That motion okay. is going to just send him off the edge. That was the Bills counter. If we see this motion, we're bringing pressure, all right? So you'll see it. There's the there's the motion. Yeah. They're setting up the play action screen to a chain, right? They bring the opposite back across. Oh, he's going right Tredavious White. He just sends it and forces the incompletion. Can't even get the screen out to Devin a chain. Um, really good play by Tredavious White. This is why his loss is getting injured today. Really sucks for the Bills. But this is a great counter by um, the head coach and who's currently the DC, Sean McDermott. Hey, if they're going to run this motion with Tyreek, we're going to send Tredavious White as soon as you do it. So when Tua turns his back and he comes back around to set up the screen, nothing there. Great mm-hmm. job, great counter to a trend, right? We see this kind of, you know, un, um, you know, never-ending struggle between offense and defense in terms of scheme and, you know, who's going to out-scheme who, who's going to do what next. Fun to watch. So Sean McDermott got Mike McDaniel on that one. I'm sure Mike McDaniel will have something for him later. Yeah, he'll be prepared going Mike. forward. Yep. I know he will be for sure. So second down to the turnover on downs. We got my bet for next week. So I'll give you my little my little four that I'm looking at, give you the final answer at the end of it. First one I had uh, eyes on was the Falcons-Texans game with the Texans at plus two and a half and or – the over-under in that game at 41.5. I think the Texans have been lighting it up. The The Falcons, maybe not as much, but they are still they still got Bijan out there making moves, creating uh, some space for the receivers to go get a, a ball deep like Drake London has today. Almost had two tutties. He got one. Let's see. The next one I had eyes on, Titans versus Colts, and the Colts was minus one. Let's see. Over-under. In the Niners-Cowboys game, I was rolling with the over 45.5. That one looks good to me as well. And then Packers versus Raiders, Packers minus one. But I think my final answer 
I'm going. I'm gonna go Colts minus one. I think Anthony Richardson's gonna ball over that defense. Maybe I, the I, Titans front front line is tough. That defensive line is really good. You talked about Simmons earlier. That the guy's a beast. Pay they very, paid that man for a reason. But I think the Colts will tear him up. Very interesting game between uh, two two and two teams. I'm very curious to see how that one turns out for sure. Um, all right, so we got the third down breakdown, all right? And so we're going to break down a critical play from a game today um, between the Eagles and the Commanders. Once again, all NFC East. The NFC East battle. The third down breakdown going live to Philadelphia. There it is. With the Commanders. Versus the Ooh, Eagles. Now, a, lot this of, was... a lot of lines on this one. Yes. Is this, right, is this so telling us of... man? Is that what that's doing? Yeah, so okay. we've got a lot going on here, right? So this is in overtime. Third and five for the commanders in OT. A critical play, as you'll see what happens. The Eagles are able to get a stop, and they go down and kick the game-winning field goal. It was close, though. So the Eagles are going to run an overloaded front here, but they're sending pressure from the backside, right? So they've got Fletcher Cox and Hassan Reddick over here, right? And then they've got the overload side over here. They're going to run a little overload game, what I call um, tornado, right? You're going to get these guys going both outside gaps. He's going to step up and come back underneath to create the pressure. These guys are both just straight rushing the opposite side. It forces one-on-ones across the board. So you're sending five, which means you have six in coverage. They're going to play man here, man here, man here. Man on the back, man backside. You'll see this backer. He's going to add to the rush once he sees the back stays in protection. And then you've got one guy free in the middle of the field who's just, you know, man free, classic cover one, right? So they're going to send five, play cover one behind it, okay, with the little game up front. Now, Washington is going to run essentially what we call smash, right? They're going to run double double hitches. These guys are going to turn outside on on the hitches, and then they're going to run the corner route to isolate Terry McLaurin, he's going to run away from that middle of the field safety, creating a true one-on-one with a safety, which we love for Terry McLaurin. That's a great matchup for the commanders. Sam Howell, you'll see as this ball gets snapped, correctly identifies that it's man-free. He knows what he's got right now already. You can see Josh Sweat is already curling under Brandon Graham and and the, uh, the edge rusher coming outside, right? They're playing real physical down at the bottom, but these are short routes anyway. The real one-on-one matchup they're going to get is right here with the safety. You see this backer adds to the rush. It's the back stays in protection. Now that that pressure, Brandon Graham is getting home right now, forcing the ball to be thrown by Sam Howell, maybe a step sooner than he wanted to, but he gets it off, makes a great throw in the bucket right here. However... Yeah, a tough. fantastic play from Blankenship, the Eagles' safety, mm-hmm. to force this incompletion. Terry McLaurin almost has one of the catches of the year here. He gets one foot in, boom. Second foot comes down right on there. kind of his arm and then ends up out of bounds. It's so yeah. close. And those are the margins in the NFL right there. Those are the margins. Um, it was that close. And Game unfortunately for for the Eagles or for the Commanders, that's how close it was to them getting a first down yeah. and extending that game. I mean, who knows mm-hmm. what happens from there, right? Um, instead, they have to punt. The Eagles end up kicking a game-winning field goal. 
Yeah, closing out this turnover on downs, it's the bad beat of the week for me. And so last week, let me let me double check how many I gave. I got I gave out five picks last week that I liked. One of them, obviously, like I said, I pick. And I figured last week, you know, I if I'm giving these out, I might as well play them. You know, okay. I, they're they're from my head. I like them that much. I'm gonna put money on them. All and right. so bad beat. Well, like I said the last week too. If you're not there early, the the lines can shift, and then you get put out of play. So that that background right there being said, I had two issues with this bet last week. So oh, no. I did it. I did it Monday when we when we recorded, uh-huh. and me being or Sunday. Sorry, I did it Sunday when we recorded. The game proceeding was Monday. Eagles had a Monday game, and so your boy. Because I, I had the over in the Commanders and Eagles, which hit, obviously. And I picked it for the wrong game because the Eagles hadn't played yet. So that line didn't even like exist, really, in, in, in where I placed my bets. And so I wasted a dollar because that didn't hit in that Monday night game. It missed it by, like, two, two points. So then the next day I said, oh, hey, I messed up. I didn't put it in for the right game, so let me re-up this bet so i go to put it in like i said line shift the broncos game went from minus two and a half to minus three and a half and i said man do i take the flip side so it's underneath three points still i said no i like the broncos at two and a half what's the extra two points gonna do to me it is what it is i still think the broncos are winning Mm -hmm. so that game plays out they only win by three so my parlay from last week should have hit but because of timing and issues on my end, I took a L on that parlay, even though I gave out a heater on the podcast. <laughs> so that that's where my head has been all day. Just I had the money in the bag. I just didn't secure it. Uh, I, the, the, the briefcase was left open a little bit. Money fell out. And here we are. So that's my bad beat for the week. Just do, do your, your bets on time and you'll be A-OK. Don't mess them up the first time either. Fair enough. But, I mean, yeah, I, that's what I, I can't. Doesn't get any more bad beat than that, dude. I mean, golly. No, yeah. Uh, so closing yeah. out that long-winded answer, I oh, got the banger and, uh, though. I do want to shout out our guy Chase on the podcast. He took the Texas Kansas over forty fifty four and a half. And do you know what that total finished at? Or is this a bad beat or? Yep. Oh, 54? Yes. And my guy was distraught. <laughs> Dang, bro. My guy that was distraught. Tough. He was that texting me. He was like, this is going to hit. Blah, blah, yeah, this yeah, parlay. Yeah. And that was like the thing that didn't. And then he, uh, however, he did have a, on the back end of the night, he did have uh, Notre Dame against Duke. And Notre Dame okay. ended up scoring at the end to cover and everything for him. So he, uh-huh. I think so he's okay. He, he, it worked out in the end. But it, in I think it moment, worked out for him later. In, yeah. He was he, in trauma. the moment yeah. when that thing finished at 54, he was upset. So shout out to well, our guy Chase. If we want to do another one, we could do our guy 2X because he thought he had a heater with that parlay. No, that's and, not a bad beat. That was just no. a bad bet. <laughs> no, besides him thinking that SDSU, SDSU had a chance to win, his, his everything hit but that one, and I think the Dodgers might have lost by one, which is also 
part of the reason why he lost. But the fact that he thought he had a chance on that one, I felt bad because I hit him with the no chance, bro. Yeah. And it looked close in the first first half, I think, and then they just came out and ran the ball all over him. What you got for the banger of the week, dog? For the banger of the week, we don't do it often. I, I was, I'm be honest, I didn't watch nothing anytime recently. Haven't heard new music until Friday. We got Drizzy coming out. I'm looking forward to that. But mm. I've been drinking some coffee recently. I've been trying to get oh. off of get off of some energy drinks and get into coffee. Okay. And so I rolled up to Starbucks yesterday. And, you know, I was looking at the menu. They see what they got. I don't really know what to order in coffee. I just say, hey, I want this right here. Cold brew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I, I, I have some Stella Blue. Hey, big cat. Hook it up. But okay. I, got, I got Stella Blue, and I'll be making cold brew with that every now and again. If I expect I'm going to be tired one week. But mm-hmm. so rolling to Starbucks. And I was like, you know, let me try out this Apple Crisp Macchiato. And so, like, I've had the caramel macchiato before. Apple and, crisp macchiato. Yeah. Was it that good? Yeah, bro. I liked it a lot. Ooh, it was so, man, I don't really know that. the difference in, like, you know, the way they brew the, the different type of drink, you know, latte, uh-huh. macchiato, whatever you want to call them. But I know you, when you mix them, it tastes even better. So I, I took a sip and I was like, whoa, like, it truly does taste like apples, right? So then uh-huh. I, got, I got to the swirling, you know, melt the ice a little bit in there. Like let it let it uh get a oh, little so colder. It was an iced apple crisp macchiato. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, all right. I'm getting that on Thursday. So yeah, swirled it up, took a sip, and said, "Man, this really does taste like apples." One and two, I kind of like this. And so at the bottom, the caramel macchiato they put caramel, right? So this one had like like apple pie stuffing a little bit. You know how it's like oh, all mashed up apples. Yeah, it was like that at the bottom. So I was like trying to get that to mix into the drinks. So I kept swirling and swirling. And so when I finally got towards the end is when I got that flavor too. And I was like, man, this is actually really good. Like, I kind of like it. So <laughs> here we are, banger of the week. We got a drink for you guys to try at Starbucks if you're a fan of macchiato. Yeah, Apple Crisp Macchiato. All right. It's doing me good. I love it, dude. That's, that's, I'm going to try that for real. I'll report back next week. Um, yeah, let me know. But uh, that'll do it for week four NFL Reviews, second and two podcast. We'll let our guy... Ray Ray, take us out. Ready for war, we've been working all year. Look into my eyes, there's hunger, there's no fear. Talking like you're ready, bro, I promise you we coming. Anybody that want it can get it, play it's nothing. We ain't never worried about listening to the chatter, cause when we get on the field, we know that none of it matter. I've been through a lot, man, can't nothing face me. Got this through the section and the stands going crazy. Everybody turning up, we putting on a show. Boomers, we be popping and the people, yeah, they love. 951, be the city. We the Chaparral Pumas, everybody know the name. We ain't here to make friends, we gon' let them see. Get your chain snatched like a key crab tree. Squad for lagoons, be ready to bring the pain. Show them how we do, we about to let it bang. About to go and get it, kill them with the swag. Tryna act tough, they be looking, we just laugh. See them getting mad, cause they know we ain't stressed. We prepared for this moment, we done passed all the tests. Been through the rain, been through the struggle. We ain't never break, we just put our more muscle. Put on for the city, man, running with the bride. Friday night lights when the boomers come alive. I throw your boomers up, we gon' get it, that's right. Friday night lights, we turn up tonight. In the best spot, if you on the other side. Time to let it bang, make them feel that boomer pride. Let it bang, let it bang, let it bang, yeah. Let it bang, let it bang, show them how boomer do it. Let it bang, let it bang, yeah.